0: It's easy to get our sights misaligned. Today, we'll see how to realign them next on Times of Refreshing. Let somebody else use your binoculars for just a moment, and more often than not, you'll have to refocus them once they return them to you. You see, we all see differently, and it goes that way spiritually as well. Renewing our focus through correction is the title of our message today as we take a look at Mark chapter 16. Hi, and welcome to Times of Refreshing with Pastor Napoleon Kaufman from The Well, a Christian community in Livermore, California. We're helping realign our focus with Christ, and that's the subject of our time today. Join us, especially if your focus is out of focus. Here's Pastor Napoleon.
1: All of us, in some ways, we have to develop an assignment mentality. You're not just here just to live and then just to die. God has things for you to accomplish in the earth, and it doesn't matter how small they are or how big they are. We have to develop an assignment mentality that even me being on this planet is a matter of assignment. God wants me to achieve and accomplish certain things along the road. And it's not just and I mean things for his kingdom to be a blessing to people and to represent him fully in the earth to accomplish a task. And so Jesus is risen from the dead. He's getting ready to commission his disciples. And we pick this story up in verse nine. It says, "Now when he rose early in the, on the first day of the week, he appeared first to Mary Magdalene, out of whom he had cast he had cast seven. Excuse me, out of whom he had cast seven demons." It says, "She went and told those who had seen him or had been with him, as they mourned and wept." And when they heard that he was alive and had been seen by her. Now watch this. They did not believe. They did not believe. Now, the Bible doesn't say necessarily why they, she, they did not believe her. But we do see and we're going to see that the disciples, when they encountered her, that when they heard the word, they did not believe the word. This is clear that unbelief was resident within their heart and they did not believe her. Now, the thing I love about this, this passage, and we're just going to break this down. The thing I love about this is here you have a person that seven demons was cast out of. And she, as a human being, wasn't the person that we would necessarily think would be the first person that Jesus would appear to to tell her to tell the people that she's alive says so let, me, let me say this to you. Don't you let your past handcuff you for what God is trying to do for you in your future. Amen. Don't ever think that I'm disqualified for Jesus to appear in my life and to reveal himself to me and to use me as a vessel of honor for his glory. And I think this is what happens sometimes. And I want to say this. I think it's sometimes what happens to people even when we're receiving ministry. We kind of measure what level of sin you're in to determine how much we're really going to believe you. Now, I'm just saying that now. Now, this is a this is that's a side note for some people. Okay, that's the I'm going to get back to this, but that's a side note. Because I think sometimes we have a hard time, um, you know, believing people based on our knowledge of of their past. But we have to make sure that we we stay clear of this but it is clear from this passage of scripture verse 11 it says when they heard that he, that he was alive and had been seen by her it says they did not believe then it says in verse 12 and after that he appeared in another form to two of them as they walked and went into the country and they went and told it to the rest But they did not believe them what either says that they didn't believe them either. And so now we have two witnesses, obviously three witnesses and still unbelief is resident within the hearts of the disciples. Now, these are people that Jesus told that he was going to raise from the dead. These are same people that Jesus that they saw his resurrection power and his ability to, to, to raise people from the dead They saw his healings, they saw his miracles, they saw his deliverance, they saw his faithfulness, they saw him walk on water, they saw him uh, feed the multitudes. They saw him speak to people and they fall out under the power of God. They saw him speak to storms and tell the storm to stop. They saw Jesus do all these miraculous things and they also heard that Jesus, they heard Jesus tell them time and again, that he must suffer, die, and be raised from the dead. But the Bible says they still had what? They still had unbelief. And saints, I want to say this to you. Sometimes in life, there are areas in your life, though you know all this, though you've seen God do things in your life, You've seen God be faithful in your life in certain areas. You've seen God bless other people. You've read the stories. You know about the Red Sea. You know about Daniel in the lion's den. You know about this. But there's sometimes in our lives, there's areas, if the truth would be told from us, that we have unbelief. I believe God in this area. And not only do I believe God in this area, but people are telling me about this area where god can do something in my life and i don't know if i believe it though unbelief can be it could be debilitating it hinders progress it can stop god from doing what he wants to do in your life and shifting you into really into purpose and true destiny in your life and i mean unbelief in an area whether it's your finances whether it's a marriage Whether it's your children, whether it's your job, whether it's your health, whether it it doesn't. When we think unbelief, a lot of times we're just thinking about, um, you know, do we believe God? Do we believe in God? Yeah, we believe in God. But do you believe that God is able to handle this in your life? Do you believe that he can be seen in this area in your life? In this area. And so. We see Jesus. In this passage of scripture twice. Once he appears to Mary Magdalene. Gives the word. Then when he appears to two of his disciples. He gives the word. But the Bible says that these individuals. Still did not believe. And I want to say this. Saints learn. And I'm saying this to myself. I have to get out of. I'm saying this to myself, and I'm and I'm I'm I hope everyone understands this. Get out of thinking that God can't do something if He doesn't tell you specifically about it. Because sometimes God will tell somebody else to tell you that He can do this for you if you'd only believe. Saints, get delivered. From thinking that unless God specifically talks to you hey you I'm gonna do it's not gonna happen all the time sometimes God is going to talk to you through your kids he'll talk to you through a donkey if he has to can I have an amen but do you believe God when you know that it's come we have to get a lot of times that's born out of insecurity it's born out of insecurity. Unless God tells me that I don't believe. Jesus appeared to them in another passage of Scripture. He said, put your, put your finger in my, in my side. Put your, look at my nails. Don't be unbelieving. Now watch what he says here. In verse 3, 14. It says here. Later, he appeared to the eleven. As they sat at the table. And he rebuked. Their unbelief and hardness of heart because they not, did not believe those who had seen him after he had risen. Okay? So one of the things that I love about this is that Jesus comes to them. And I was just telling Dr. Scotty this. And it amazes me because Jesus comes here and he sees unbelief. And he basically, what he does is, he, he basically corrects them. He corrects their unbelief. And I want to say this to you. Saints, hear me clearly. When you're walking with God, correction is not condemnation. Write it down. Because sometimes when we're walking with Christ, Christ is going to see an area of our life where he wants to bring correction because there's unbelief there. And that's okay. We have to realize that correction is not condemnation. Okay? And the reason why I say that is because in verse 14, let's read it. Later, he appeared to the eleven as they sat at the table and he rebuked their unbelief and hardness of heart because they did not believe those who had seen him after he had risen. And he said to them, go into all the world and preach the gospel to every creature. They didn't get a time out. He didn't give them a spanking. He came along. He saw the unbelief, and what does he do? He refocuses them on the assignment and task at hand, and he gets their minds and hearts off unbelief by just rebuking them, but then moving them. But sometimes when we're walking with Christ, we tend to think when God is is rebuking or correcting us, we think it's condemnation when it's, in some cases, it's just a renewal of focus. Think about what I'm saying, because this is important as you're walking with God. God does not hate you. God is going when he sees unbelief in our lives, sometimes he's going to come in and He's going to rebuke our unbelief. But then I like what he says and hardness of heart. Hardness of heart in the Greek. When you look this word up, it's tied to the word stubbornness. It's the word stubborn got it right there stubborn meaning god sees our heart is hardened in this particular area it could be in multiple areas but his heart is to come along and correct us refocus us realign us not necessarily condemn us but a lot of times when this happens in our lives When we get this from God in whatever way he chooses to manifest that in our lives. A lot of times we think that now we are disqualified completely. When in some cases God is just trying to realign our focus. And get us back on what really matters. And help us to see that our unbelief is hindering our progress. It's not helping, And in some ways we're just being stubborn. Think about it. This word stubborn is tied to. A neck being stiff, stiff-necked, stiff-necked. I remember when I, I, was, I, was, uh, I was young, right? And uh, I still am young, but I was real young. And when I was real young, I was, I was real young. When I was real young, I mean 11, 12 years old. Okay, I'm 12 years old, but I'm still young, you know what I'm saying? You know what I'm saying? But I'm 12 years old. And my wife knows this story, and I was very adventurous. Meaning, mean, I would just, I was like, I just like, I would just go wherever I wanted to go and just do stuff. So I was, one day I just decided that I wanted to go ride some horses. My mom knows, she's in the back. My mom knows, I, she'd be picking me up all over town. I'd be <laughs> doing stuff. So I just decided I wanted to go ride some horses. But, one, but there was, in, in Lompoc, there was this, can I tell you all this story? And I, I, was, I was, there was, it was, you know, the movie, you know how you had the drive-in theater? And I remember driving by the theater and I, when I looked down the hill and I saw all these horses behind the theater. So when I made a decision that I wanted to ride some horses, I said, man, I remember those horses by the theater. So I got on my bike. And I rode out to the movie theater. And I, and I rode and I went to this house that wasn't mine. And I jumped over the fence and I got on this, this horse. Actually, I got on two of them. And I'm sitting there on this horse and this horse... I got on it, and I started kicking it, and the horse wouldn't move. It just stood there. It was stiff neck. It was stiff neck. I'm saying, come on, man. I drove all the way out here on my bike, and you're not going to move? And the thing would just, it was stiff. I grabbed it, and I'm shaking it, and I'm, man, come on, move. It wouldn't move. So I said, you know what? this course is stiff neck so then i said i'm going to try to get on this other thing i see around the corner it was a donkey i'm telling y'all a true story so i got off the neck the stiff neck one and i just man that thing's tripping so i went around the corner and i saw this donkey and i jumped on the donkey and do you know that donkey buck me off <laughs> i went flying <laughs> I, it literally kicked me off. It was stiff neck. <laughs> it didn't want to do what I wanted it to do. But I'm sharing this story with you because stiff, being stiff neck is tied to someone getting on an animal and wanting and desiring to control it and to navigate it in a direction that they want for purpose. But the animal refuses to move. And sometimes in our walk with Christ, because of our unbelief, God is trying to move us in a direction, but he can't do it. Why? Because we haven't been broken and we haven't submitted our will to the master. Amen. And sometimes it's not just a matter of God, because sometimes we're praying, God, use me in an area. Or do something in an area. But because of stubbornness or what the Bible just called hardness of heart, God's trying to prod us along, but our will won't come into agreement with what he wants to do. And in some cases, let me say this to you all. In some cases, as we're going through this process, God has to rebuke us and correct us. And like I said before, we go in the tank based on our unbelief. Thinking that God is condemning us now when it's not even a situation where it's condemnation, it's just simple correction. And some of us, I'm going to say this to some of us in this room, some of you in this room, and I'm saying this by the inspiration of God, I I know some of you in this room. You're being harder on yourself than even God is. Later in verse 14, he appeared to the eleven as they sat at the table, and he rebuked their unbelief and hardness of heart, because they did not believe those who had seen him after his risen. Now watch this. He rebukes them, then he and then he commissions them. He said unto them, Go into all the world and preach the gospel to every creature. All of us in this room. We have to develop this kind of mindset where we were living beyond just our personal circumstances and situation, realizing that there's a greater purpose here for us being on the planet. And that is to get the gospel to the people that God is asking us to get the gospel to. He says, and he who believes and is baptized will be saved, but he who does not believe will be condemned. Now we understand that as I'm preaching the gospel, as I'm sharing my faith, as I'm getting out and doing my job in the community like I'm supposed to do, then they have a responsibility to respond. I can't control how they respond. My job is just to go full of faith, believing and trusting God, knowing that he wants to use my life. He says, and these signs will follow those who believe in my in my name. They will cast out demons. They will speak with new tongues, speak with uh, with new tongues, and they will take up serpents. And if they drink any deadly thing, it says it will by no means hurt them and they will lay hands on the sick and they will recover. God, if we're willing to respond as we overcome our unbelief and don't allow condemnation to to stop us from progressing, God will begin to demonstrate His power through us because that's what He's commissioned us to do, to go forth for His glory. But then I like this. Look at verse 19. So then after the Lord has spoken to them, He was received up into heaven and sat down on the right hand of God, and they... Somebody say they. Say they. It says, and they went where? Saints. And I've been preaching on this at the church, and I'm going to keep on preaching. At this church, our evangelism is not going to be tied to some event. It's not. We will have events where people come, and they receive Christ, and they get saved. We have services all the time, people. Some of you got saved here, right here on the altar. That's, we praise God for that. But the Bible says... They went where overcome over unbelief, overcome doubt, overcome any condemnation, allow God. Now it says, and they went out. They went out. Every person in this room has a responsibility to go out. The church doesn't grow because of just because of events. You are going to reach people that I can never reach. You are going to be places that I will never go. You have a spirit of influence that I will never have. But what's happened here, what's happened with the church is, and I believe it is because of unbelief, is that people think that it's the church's job to, get, to come up with some creative idea of how we can have some big event and so we can bring all of our friends and have some type of, some type of thing. And then if it doesn't happen, then we blame the church. Instead of saying, wait a minute, God called me to do the work of what? Of an evangelist. Wherever I go. It says, they went out. Now watch this. And what? Preached. Where? Brother Kaufman, you know, I can't share my faith on my job. You know, I can't. Well, they can cuss on the job. I mean, you can't. I mean, I'm not saying you got to stand out there like John the Baptist. But I know there's some Nicodemuses on your job. I know there's some people around just waiting just to hear something good. I mean, I mean, don't you believe the gospel is good news? It says they went and they preached everywhere. It says they preached everywhere. The men and the women preached everywhere. They did. It's not about an event. They went and they preached everywhere. Now watch this. They preached everywhere. The Lord working what? With Simon. He breaks the unbelief. He commissions them. Now watch this. It says they went out and they preached everywhere. And it says the Lord was working with them. He says and confirming the word through the accompanying of what? Signs. Amen. How can we ever get into Allowing God to use us to heal the sick, just demonstrate the power of God. Number one, if we're hanging on to unbelief, and number two, if we don't get out. Words of knowledge are not just for the church service. Healing is not just for us here at here. Deliverance is not here just for here. Some of your coworkers need the devil cast out of them, and you can take them to the bathroom and say, hey. You think I could pray for you? (laughs) Some of y'all thinking now, you're like, oh, yeah, I need that. That one need double deliverance. (laughs) What I'm saying to you is what they did was not just in the church service. It was out in the community, the power of God. And for us, we as believers, we need to get out and allow God to use us. And we have to stop using our unbelief and God's correction of our unbelief as a means just to sit idly by when God's not... He wants to redirect your attention on belief and then release you to do what God's called you to do. But we have to stop, saints, as believers. We have to stop saying... Well, man, I don't believe in this area. And we got to start saying, well, God, help me to believe in this area so that, God, you can use me the way that you want to. And I know that as you're correcting me, you're not condemning me. You're just getting my perspective right so that you can use me for your glory. Amen?